Next on BYU Sports Nation, maintaining the QB1 spot. Should an injured player automatically get their starting spot back? How does the outcome of Saturday's game at Utah State play into how you feel about the season overall? Plus, we find our guy. Former BYU and NFL quarterback John Beck names his starter in Logan. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, October 29th, wherever and however you're connected. Glad you found us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who's ready to raid a dairy farm at a moment's notice, Jason Shepard. I don't even know how to respond to that. Have you ever been to a dairy farm? I think I have. I know I've driven past one. Yeah, I know I've driven past <laughs> one. I've, I've never been. Like, like I am not, I'm not the outdoors guy. I'm not the get-the-hands-dirty guy. Like, like, I would be very intimidated at a dairy farm. You haven't milked a cow out on the South 40? No, I have not. <laughs> Don't ever plan to. Look, I'm glad, so, I'm glad there are people out there that do that for us. I greatly appreciate the work you do, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I I don't ha- I just I can't do stuff like that. I yeah. just can't. Shout out to the farmers. Yes, absolutely. They, they do really really important. This work this whole us. thing's getting kind of blown out of proportion. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Speaking of a dairy farm blitzkrieg, we heard a quote of the year nominee from BYU senior safety Diane Gawoluku yesterday when he was asked what kind of opponent he expects to show up at Utah State on Saturday night. From an atmosphere perspective, what do you expect in Logan? Man, <laughs> cowbells. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I actually seen someone on Twitter that's like that Utah State's going to come out playing like they're protecting their dairy farm. So that's how I feel like they're going to come out ready to protect their dairy farm and we're going to take over. So that's the plan. Uh, speaking of blowing things out of proportion, this one is running its course yes. through all well, Utah State fandom and through BYU's fandom as well. Look, for anybody that actually paid attention to what he said, he was saying, I saw something on Twitter that said this. Yes, and you asked the question, I, didn't you? Yes, and it was a very innocent question. It's the same question that we've asked when uh-huh. they faced Utah, uh-huh. uh, Tennessee, U.S. <laughs> it's, it's a very generic question. There was, it was not a leading question. <laughs> I want to know what he expected from the atmosphere up there. Again, we asked the same question when they were going to yeah. Tennessee. But he, for those, though, like Aggie fans and anybody that is anti-BYU, they're not going to actually pay attention to what he said. They're going to take it and run with it as if it were smack talk. Yes, of course, as they should in a rivalry format. Now, to Diane's credit, he has played in front of Cowbells before at Mississippi State. It's the only stadium in the country that actually allows that. Mississippi State had to have an exception from the NCAA to continue on that tradition. Utah State will not have cowbells. They may have some cows lingering nearby the game, but they will not have any cowbells. Yeah, people people are enjoying this and making more out of it than there should have been because all he was doing was quoting a tweet that he saw. But but again, people that that, Aggie fans and people that don't like BYU are not going to uh, allow the actual truth part of it to get in the way. Next to the actual football game in terms of importance comes this. 
Which place has the better ice cream? Is it BYU or Utah State? Uh, see, no, that's a debate. That is a legitimate debate, yeah, but a debate. I think we know where this all goes. It is the BYU Creamery. We are milking today's show lineup oh, for boy. everything it's worth. He currently trains college and professional quarterbacks. John Beck, the former BYU standout and second-round NFL draft pick, will join us live. Which Cougar QB gives BYU the best chance to win in Logan? Our one-on-one feature with BYU Swiss Army Knife Austin Kofensis. What was he thinking on the game-clinching first down against Boise State when he was lifted into the air by <laughs> Diane Gawoluku, among others? And are you buying Yoli Childs as a top 25 college basketball player nationwide? I am buying today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, that is for sure. Yes, this Saturday night, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, a rivalry renews. BYU football visits the Utah State Aggies in Logan with intentions of breaking a two-game losing streak to the Aggies and reclaiming the old wagon wheel. BYU head coach Kalani Satake was asked yesterday which quarterback will start at Utah State. Um, I think just competition, then, you know, seeing who gives us the best opportunity to win. That, that's what it comes down to, and we'll be practicing, and they'll get both get turns with the ones and the twos and, and uh, see who can make their group uh, function better. The fact that it's not a clear answer right now is a credit to Baylor Romney. He's making this a difficult decision. Is it Jaron Hall? It's also gamesmanship. Or Baylor Romney. Yes, there is gamesmanship as well. Countdown to kickoff begins at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, Saturday. Live on BYU TV radio pregame with Jason Shepard. Begins at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Actually, it will be Ben Bagley. I will oh, be, that's right. I will be in San Francisco with soccer. women's soccer. Ben Bagley will be on the radio pregame. Yes, my fill-in. That's for you, Ben. <laughs> Sports, <laughs> Sports Illustrated ranked BYU's Yoli Childs as the 25th best player in college basketball this season. Childs is the highest-ranked WCC player on that list. Now, the Cougars open up the 2019-2020 exhibition season on Friday at the Marriott Center when they host UT Tyler at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Pacific time yeah, yeah. on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Don't feel bad. I get it mixed up all the time. Well, it said Eastern, and it just threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> McKenna Miller of BYU Women's Volleyball named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for a third time this season. Miller had 33 kills, hit 403 last week. BYU has also moved up one spot in the latest ABCA coaches poll to number 11. The Cougars host St. Mary's on Thursday, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on the BYU TV app. Halloween Volleyball! That's right. It'll be scary good. How about that? Mm -hmm. BYU women's basketball begins its season tonight with an exhibition matchup against Westminster. You can watch the game on the WCC Network at 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific. A former BYU basketballer, Abby Mangum. Younger yes. sister to Tanner Mangum now plays for Westminster. Yes, so she does. She makes her return to the Marriott Center playing for the foe. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Difficult head coaching decisions. Kalani Satake, well, he deals with plenty. And at the top of the list this week, who to start at quarterback? It's not always as simple as giving that top spot back to the guy coming off of an injury, or is it? He, when he, an injured player returns, are they 100%? And uh, the, the only way to tell is to put him through some competition. I don't think he could forget about what they've done in the past and how good they were when they won the spot. But uh, you also can't discount the, uh, the fact that other players have gotten better too. So I think uh, the only way to do it is compete, and we'll see the best. We play the best, and it doesn't really matter from week one. And 
All right, we'll get into the interpretation of that in just a moment. But first things first, Jason, should a player like Jaron Hall lose his starting position due to injury? This is always a a tricky question because I can certainly understand the side of the argument that says you stay with the hot hand. Ultimately, I go with no. A player shouldn't lose his spot due to an injury. If a guy is playing well enough to be the starter before he got hurt, I think he deserves the chance to get right back in and continue to play. Now, if things don't work out and a guy isn't performing at the same level as he was before the injury, you can always play the other guy. Jaron did nothing in his one start to make anybody question his abilities. He's playing really well, and I think I, I don't think I'm the only one that believes this. If he stays in the game at South Florida, BYU wins that game. Or if BYU can stop the run against South Florida, True. the Cougars win that game going. When- Jaron got hurt, BYU had the lead. He had done nothing that says he didn't deserve to continue. He was playing really well. I think he deserves, and anybody that earned a spot before an injury deserves to get that spot back when they're healthy. And I think that's what Kalani was talking about. It's like, when when a guy comes back, is he healthy enough? That, That has to be first and foremost. If he's healthy enough to go in and play, then I think he probably should get the spot back. But again, I can certainly understand the argument on the other side, but I I think if somebody was good enough to be the starter before the injury, you give them the chance to be the starter when they come back, and if it doesn't work out, then you've got the other guy, but but they deserve to be the starter. This is not a cut-and-dry situation. I feel like there's a lot of gray area here, and let's draw on the past. When Drew Bledsoe got hurt, and in comes Tom Brady, the 199th draft pick overall, in the sixth round and takes over, then the Patriots go on this crazy run, right? And Drew Bledsoe never gets his starting position back. But is that the exception? Or is the exception what we just saw from Drew Brees playing with Taysom Hill? Teddy Bridgewater comes in, doesn't lose a start, Five and Jason. 5-0, and oh, but it's Drew Brees' position. And he comes off of breaking his thumb. Zach Wilson's out with a broken thumb. And does amazing things in his return and is clearly the starter in New Orleans. So there's an example of both. It's a unique situation. There's there's no like cut and dry answer here. Like, yes, an injured player, if he earned it in fall camp or in training camp, should always get that position back. It's a moving target, and the coaches have to make those decisions, and that's why they get paid a lot of money and why they deal with the volatility of how crazy a season can be and how insecure their job can be at times because they have to make those decisions and it all comes down to winning games. So as Kalani said, who's going to give BYU the best chance to win the game? Maybe it's Baylor Romney based on the matchup, based on the play calling, the game scheme, or maybe it's Jaron Hall for all of the same reasons. It's going to come down to those very minute details. If Jaron is healthy, I think that... He probably has the inside track. I would think so. But he shouldn't lose it or gain it back just based solely off of coming off of an injury. Okay, topic number two. When we talk about Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney and who's going to get the start at quarterback in Logan, it really does boil down to just one question. Which player, and you talked about this, gives BYU the best chance to win? That's what it boils down to. And you get the chance to join in on this topic as well via our live vote at vote.byutv.org. You can weigh in on the following question. Which BYU quarterback gives the Cougars the best chance to win against Utah State? How would you answer that? You and I recently went to Denver 
to watch your Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Denver Broncos on Thursday night primetime NFL football. Yes, we did. And we had the luxury of renting a car, okay? And with our elite status as those renters of said car, we had options. So when we walk out, they say to us, well, do you want the Toyota Corolla or do you want the Hyundai Elantra? And it's like... Um, you got to go with your gut on that one. How different are they? <laughs> They're both going to do the job, right? They're both going to get you from point A to point B and get you 40-plus miles to the gallon, reliable. They're both new-ish. So it's like, I don't know, flip a coin. I kind of feel that way about Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney, where put either one in, and I think either one gives BYU a nice opportunity to win the game. Now, which do you prefer? Are you a Toyota person? Are you a Hyundai person? Maybe you're a Dodge person or a Chevy person, whatever. You you go with your instinct yes. and your gut in that moment. It's like, well, they're all really nice. They all are new, uh, but I'm kind of leaning towards a Toyota. So wh- where are you on that? That's how I feel this Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney situation is. If health is not a concern and Jaron is totally clear of concussion protocol, it could be like a coin flip type situation. I feel like either one gives you an opportunity. I am leaning slightly towards Jaron just because I like his ability to run around yeah. against that Utah State defense more so than Baylor. So, I mean, it is really close. Yeah. It's, it's picking between the new Toyota Corolla and the new Hyundai Elantra as your rental car. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's very close, but I still believe it's Jaron. And I go back to the fact that throughout the entire season, he's proven himself to be Zach Wilson's backup, and therefore the starter when Zach is not available. His athleticism, and I'm not saying Baylor is not athletic. We certainly saw against Boise State that he was. But Jaron's athleticism with the offense that we saw against the Broncos, I think that could be really explosive. And again, Baylor has done nothing to not deserve to play. Right. But, but Jaron, when healthy, should play. And I want to give him the opportunity to prove that he gives BYU that best chance to win. And, and I, I think a lot of it does come down to mobility and overall athleticism with Jaron. I, I think it opens up a few more things, and I think it keeps the defense uh, guessing a little bit more. And again, that's not taking anything away from Baylor and not saying he's not athletic because we saw that he was. But I just give the edge... I'm like you. I give the edge to Jaron in that and put him out there again if he's healthy. And I, I would assume he is. Everything seems to be going that direction for this week. But I, I think he still gives you the best chance to win. Vote.byutv.org. Which QB gives BYU a better chance to win at Utah State right now? Baylor Romney has 58% and dropping to 55% against Jaron Hall's 45%. Now, I sent out a poll question yesterday that said, which would you start at quarterback? And out of over 1,100 votes, Jaron Hall won that poll on Twitter, 59 to 41%. It's really close, Jason. It's really close. So I, we'll see this fluctuate throughout the show, and we'll give you updated uh, numbers in just a bit. On to topic three. This game clearly is huge. BYU is trying to snap a two-game losing streak to the Aggies. Can you imagine losing three in a no, row no, to I Utah can't. State? Don't make me. A team that BYU has beaten 19 out of the last 23 but lost three of the last yes. five. Things are different now. Yes. BYU is facing a reality where they could lose a third consecutive to Utah State. It's a huge game, rivalry game. Does the way you feel about this season or will feel about the overall success of the season hinge on Saturday's result? Ultimately, no. 
But a third straight loss to Utah State would not be a good feeling to have for anybody. And look, there are people out there that the rivalry games, and this is on this is on every this is Utah fans that feel this way. This is Utah State fans. This is BYU fans. That if you don't win those games, it doesn't matter what else you do. That that's all that matters is the rivalry game. So I, I understand that there are people out there. Ultimately, though, I say no. If one game meant ten wins versus nine, maybe it would carry more weight for me. But as things stand, one game's probably going to mean the difference between six or seven regular season wins a loss to Utah State hurts the ego probably more than anything else you know what I mean personal ego like your ego well I'm talking any BYU fan no but I mean you know shouldn't be losing to Utah State and that's just I mean that it it would hurt the ego okay to say that you've lost three in a row to Utah State that shows you where the BYU hubris is you never want another team let alone another local team to have bragging rights but a win over the Aggies doesn't make the season a success and a loss doesn't ruin it just to be safe, though, let's beat Utah State. How about that? I am all about progress. And for BYU to show marked progress this season, they had to do something that they haven't done in the last two years. One, finish with more than seven wins, more than six wins in the regular season, and two, beat rivals. BYU beat Boise State for the first time in the Kalani Satake era. So, Check mark. They now have a win over a ranked team, Boise State number 21 right now. And USC, if they beat Oregon, could very well be a second-ranked team that BYU has a victory over. Now, if BYU can beat Utah State, then it's a winning record against your rivals, and Kalani Satake has certainly not done that. The Cougars are 2-9 and nine in the previous 11 rivalry games under Kalani Satake, and that too includes their last victory over Boise State. So if BYU can get to 3-9 and nine overall, 2-1 and one this season, then they're on pace, Jason, to win at least seven regular season games, which is plus one from last year. Progress. So I feel like, yes, in many ways, the success of the season, the progress potential does hinge on Saturday's result. I know the BYU could still go beat San Diego State, but it wouldn't carry the same weight that beating Utah State will and having a winning record against in-state rivals. Look, it's, just, it's just different. Well, and let's, let's look at what reality is right now. BYU is not favored to go up to Logan and win this game. No, they opened as nearly a touchdown underdog. So, I mean, you, you said thing, times have changed. Times have changed. BYU is going to have to work to beat the Utah State Aggies. They're going to have to play well. If the team that took on Boise State and took care of business and knocked off the 14th-ranked team in the country, whether you believe they're the 14th-ranked team in the country or not, mm-hmm. they were ranked 14 when BYU beat them. If that team shows up in Logan, I like BYU's chances. A lot riding on this game on Saturday night for sure, and the Aggies know it as well. Our question of the day, how much will the result of Saturday's BYU at Utah State game affect your outlook on the entirety of the 2019 season. First response in from at KJT underscore 91 says, this is the biggest game for the remainder of the season. Winning two out of three rivalry games is key. That would show progress for sure. Coming up, Jerem Jordan goes one-on-one with scrum specialist Austin (laughs) Kofensis. And former BYU quarterback, NFL draft pick John Beck on who he thinks gives BYU the best chance to win at Logan in that quarterback spot. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
Join us Tuesday nights. Hey, that's tonight for BYU football with Kalani Satake at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 p.m. Pacific on the BYU TV app. You can reserve your seat on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Dairy Farm Raider Jason Shepard. <laughs> Let's put that to bed. Come on. Let's just move on. <laughs> Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is former BYU quarterback standout NFL draft pick in the second round and a man who is currently training professional and college quarterbacks, John Beck. John, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. What's going on, fellas? Hey, man, what a week for the Cougars uh, coming off of a bye after beating a ranked Boise State team And now they have an opportunity to go back-to-back wins against rivalry teams, which has been hard to come by under Kalani Satake. So, John, uh, as a onlooker from Southern California, what is the temperament of BYU football from your perspective? Well, I think it's a feeling of getting back on track, right? I kind of feel like through that first stretch of those first four games when BYU came out, you know, with some some good wins, you know, I, I feel like, they felt like they were in a good place. Okay, you know, we we uh, won some games that were huge for us. We had some confidence. And then it was like there were these couple hiccup games, right? You have the Toledo game, the South Florida game, saying, wait a second. The, like, those were not supposed to happen like that, especially games that you feel where you were in control or you should have walked away with a win. So I feel like now after this, you know, Boise win, it's okay, look, now let's, let's get back on track because I think there's an absolute opportunity to win out the rest of the season, and a lot of it just starts with putting another game, another win after this Boise win. See, John, I I think that's the biggest question. This is something that I even asked Kalani yesterday at the the Monday press conference. How do you take a great performance like we saw against Boise State where everything was clicking, the execution was at such a high level, how do you take a great performance and make that the new norm and not just one game? Well, I think it just comes down to consistency. I think when you look at inconsistent teams, inconsistent teams can put it together for a game, but then they struggle to put it together for a stretch of games. And I think that's what separates the really good teams from just your kind of average college teams. I think if you went across America and you looked at you know, a lot of the average teams, you'll find a game or two here or there where things clicked and things went well, and then a game or two where it didn't. And it just comes down to consistency. Are you able to repeat the efficiency level that you're playing at week in and week out. And look, there's no team that's going to do it for 13 weeks in a row. No team's going to do that. There's going to be games where, you know, certain aspects of the game plan, they don't work like you thought they were going to. There's certain things that you anticipated that now that defense isn't doing them and you've prepared all week for something and now you kind of have to make adjustments. And sometimes another mark of a great team is the ability when things aren't going well to be able to make a second-half adjustment put it together in the second half to secure a win. So when I say efficient football, it doesn't mean all four quarters of every single game. It means the overall ability to be efficient when you need to be. And a lot of that comes down to like third downs, not turning the ball over, getting touchdowns in the red zone uh, instead of field goals, not turning the ball over, taking sacks in bad areas. So I think a lot of that just comes down to uh, being able to be repeatable with that consistency. And I'm sure that that's what BYU is looking for, saying, okay, how can we get this so that this happens weekly for us from here on out? Oh, man, here's some more consistency in what has been a largely inconsistent season. John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's ask you the question that everybody's asking themselves right now across BYU Sports Nation, and that is, 
Who would you start at quarterback at Utah State, given the unique situation for Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall? That's tough. Uh, it's tough because I, I did Ben Criddle's show a few weeks back, and I just said, you know, one thing that the coaches know that none of us on the outside know is what it looked like on a daily basis between Jaron and Baylor, right? Like, was there a big gap between the two and the three, or was it a small one? Was that ever something where – uh, the coaches considered that the number two job was up for grabs because it was such a close race between the two of them, and Jaron edged him out, and that's why he got it. Or, or in their minds, was there a, a, a larger gap? And I know that now, with the situation of, of Baylor beating Boise, it's really easy to say, hey, a guy came in, he played well, he got a W, let's roll with him. But that being said, you don't know what was that space between him and Jaron. Like, there may be some things that the coaches feel like they can do offensively. There may be some things that they feel like Jaron is just better at, and that's why he got the nod for, for South Florida. If that's the case, I've seen this before on teams, right? A guy comes back, and it's automatically that guy's job, right? Because he didn't do anything to necessarily lose it. It wasn't like Jaron was benched because of poor performance or because of poor decision-making. He didn't do anything wrong. He just got hit in the head. Now, Baylor goes out there and beats a ranked team. I can see why it's hard to, you know, say, well, let's let's not or let's not play him or let's play him. So, you know, I think it just comes down to what the coaches feel like this week. You know, what is the team going to do? Who is the team going to continue to kind of rise with? And if they feel like, hey, we have a great feeling right now with what happened with Baylor in the game, and the team is going to continue to rise with him then I think you go with the guy that you feel like the team, everybody collectively is going to continue this upward climb. John, you've been in this situation before in your time at BYU with Matt Berry and yourself, among others, Jason Beck. What's this like emotionally for a quarterback at BYU to kind of wonder who are the coaches going to go with and uh, am I the guy? Well, my case there was surrounded by a lot of injury. It was like broken hands. And all these weird things were going on. So ours was kind of like, except for the first game of the season and coming out of a fall camp, you know, we kind of knew who was likely going to be playing because either Matt broke his hand, I broke his hand, I separated my shoulder, you know, like those kind of things. When those type of things happen, when it happens with an injury and you know somebody can't play, well, then well then it's easy. But this one is, like I said, Jaron's performance against South Florida was not a bad performance. I know the team lost, but the team was winning uh, for a lot of that game. And so he doesn't have any reasons why he shouldn't be playing other than health concerns. Baylor, I feel like, did a great job of just executing the game plan. And, you know, there's kind of like a limited uh, thing for us to look at of what he's able to do. But we've only seen him play in those four quarters of football, really, and then a little bit at the end of South Florida. So, uh, it's as a quarterback, you want to know if you're going to be playing so that you can practice and prepare that way. I think to kind of answer your question of what it feels like when you don't know, and I felt like this in the NFL a few times where our teams had lost and either I was going to become the starter because the coach might bench the starter or I was the starter, but the team wasn't winning. And then he's considering making a change. You're out there at practice sharing reps and you're up, the next guy's up, and you're both looking at each other like, do you know if you're going? Because I haven't been told anything, and vice versa. He's asking, well, have you been told if you're going? Because we're both trying to figure this out. And that's where I say that doesn't help the team rise. 
right? You want to do, you want to make a decision, and then you want the team to be able to move forward so that they can all together continue this upward kind of like climb to get to the place where you can be more consistent. I just think it's really hard when you're splitting reps at quarterback all the time in practice. How does that create a continuity for you to be efficient at the games? What do you make of this Utah State team, and, and what are your memories of playing the Aggies? I didn't. I never played them. My senior year, uh, I was coming up like I was playing injured, and they hadn't won a game in a long time. And uh, I was approached about saying, hey, we think it's best for the team if you sit this one out. So that was really the only time uh, that I would have had a chance to play against um, – the Aggies. But I mean, here's the thing. I've been impressed with their program. I have a lot of friends that are tight with the program. Um, I've been impressed with what their program has done over the last few years. I think it's a great program. Um, you know, I anticipated the Air Force game to go differently. I think that uh, I've seen Utah State play well in games. I've seen Utah State not play as well as I think some people thought they might have within the Mountain West. So I think it's going to be an interesting game because it's going to happen up in Logan. I know that that fan base is going to be fired up to play against BYU. I think the last time that BYU, or maybe the last two times, when was the last time BYU won up there? It's been a few years. 20, hasn't it? 2015, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, right now they probably feel like they have the edge. Like, there's guys on that team that have beat BYU before, but there's nobody on the BYU team that's beat Utah State before, right? Am I saying it all correctly? Uh, I, I'd have to look into that, but I think it's, yeah, that's probably pretty accurate that there aren't many guys that know what a, a victory is like against Utah State. Right. So even though Utah State didn't do well against Air Force, yeah, excuse me, Air Force, you just never know because there's those emotional things to the game. I would hope that BYU expects a really good Utah State team to play one of their best games of the year because it just kind of goes that way, right? They find a way to put it together. The coaches have put in some specific plays. They're looking forward to BYU. There's that in-state rivalry thing that they want to be able to once again say that, hey, of the teams in the state, we're the ones that are winning. Uh, so it's going to be a really, really, I think, highly emotional and contested game. I just hope that what BYU can do is that they can continue to build off of this Boise win because I liked the, what the team did. I felt like there were some really good play calls. I felt like the management offensively was really, really good, especially given the weather conditions. It's not easy to play uh, – efficient football in bad conditions where you're not turning the ball over or there's sloppy plays here or there. And I feel like that's one of the things that helped BYU was they executed the game plan. Baylor did a really good job of not trying to go outside of himself or do too much in his first start, but just play within the offense and play within the game plan. And I think that BYU, if they just continue to play that way, I think that they can put themselves in a really good position to not only you know win, but to do really well this week. John, it's great, to, yeah, it's great to catch up with you again, man. As we say goodbye, give me the name that's going to start at B, for BYU against Utah State. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm actually not going to. I'm going to let you guys go to break. <laughs> the little red light is going to be flashing like we need to go to commercial, get John off the phone. And then it's, uh, it's like that little light in Sacramento meeting. Oh, I'm done. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, it's great to catch up with you, brother. All right, man. We'll see you guys. You got it. John Beck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, Yoli Childs, a top 25 player. And where does BYU football rank according to The Athletic at this moment? This is BYU Sports Nation. 
Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand on iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play, and you can enjoy On Demand. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Jason, what is your weapon of choice for when you raid a dairy farm or anything for that matter? I don't know, uh, a whip? There you go. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Yeah! Football. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. <laughs> this Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, a rivalry renews. BYU football visits the Utah State Aggies in Logan with intentions of breaking a two-game losing streak to the Aggies and reclaiming the old wagon wheel. BYU head coach Kalani Sataki was asked yesterday which quarterback will start against Utah State. Um, I think just competition and then, you know, seeing who gets the best opportunity to win. That That's what it comes down to and we'll be practicing and they'll get both get turns with the ones and the twos and and uh see who can make their group uh, function better in other football news the athletic ranks byu as the 65th best team in college football as week 10 of the college football season begins men's basketball 65 out of 130 is exactly in the middle here's to jumping up the ranks Sports Illustrated ranks BYU's Yoli Childs as the 25th best college basketball player this season. The Cougars open up the 2019-2020 season on Friday at the Marriott Center when they host UT Tyler Exhibition 9 Eastern 6 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Volleyball. McKenna Miller once again named the WCC Player of the Week. This is her third award of the season. Miller has 33 kills and hit 403 last week. Women's volleyball also moved up a spot in the latest ABCA coaches poll. They are now number 11. The 11th-ranked Cougars will be hosting St. Mary's on Thursday, Halloween, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the BYU TV app. Women's basketball opens its season tonight with an exhibition matchup against Westminster. You can watch the game on the WCC Network with Jason Shepard on the call, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Yeah, looking forward to it. Golf. BYU Women's Golf finished the first day of the Wahine Invitational. Tied for 7th, Naomi Soifua is 2 over par, tied for 19th. The Cougars will continue play today and tomorrow. Our question of the day, how much will the result of Saturday's BYU football game at Utah State affect your outlook on the entirety of the 2019 season? April Chessman Kerstich answers on Facebook. It won't change it to completely sunshine and roses, but because it would be the second rival to be beaten this year, it would take some of the sting out of insane losses against USF and Toledo. Still need to win the rest of the games to get me singing and skipping all day. Coming up, are we buying Zach Wilson playing in three more games this season? And our one-on-one with BYU... BYU uh, utility man. I'm not sure what to call him because he plays like 17 different positions. It's true. He does. Okay, Swiss Army Knife. Austin Kofensis. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday on BYU TV, you can watch WCC Player of the Week, McKenna Miller, and the 11th-ranked BYU women's volleyball team hosting the Gales of St. Mary's. Coverage begins on BYU TV at 9 Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. It's time for BYU Sports Nation All Access at BYU Football Practice with the Scrum General. His name is Austin Kofensis, plays a bunch of different positions for the Cougars. He went one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. Here's that interview. All right, Austin, uh, after the Boise State win, have you come down from the high of that uh, big win over a top 15 team? 
Yeah, I felt like we celebrated. You know, we had this bye week to kind of prepare and everything. Obviously, we came down because we got a next op- or opponent that we got to focus on. So it was good for the weekend, but, you know, back to the grindstone and sharpening and our craft and getting everything ready for our opponent, Utah State, this weekend. We'll talk about Utah State more in a moment, but uh, with Boise State, obviously, the play that won the game was the uh, QB sneak where you go f- up in the air. It felt like you were six feet up in the air. Can you describe what you saw and felt on that play? Yeah, so earlier in the game, I think it was on the, uh, the sixth, uh, we, we did the same play just to kind of see what the, the front we were going to get and what was going to happen on the D-line. And, you know, we kind of felt that at, towards the end of the game when we needed it again uh, – that we had favorable, you know, it was favorable in our our way, and we felt like we could get it right there, and it was, you know, it was a couple inches. There wasn't much we had to get, and I knew that my line up front, they, they're going to get the push, you know, when we need it. Even if the guys are shooting at their knees, they're going to get down and give me a little bit of room to work with, and it kind of got stuffed at the beginning, but then I have, you know, Kyra's behind me and Diane coming up as well, and they're just pushing me from both sides, and at some point, I was up in the air, and I, my feet left the ground, and I was just kind of like, whoa, what's happening right now? But you don't have much time to think. You just kind of you know what you got to do. We, we practice it every day. You just got to get that yard. You got to get um, over the line. And, you know, as soon as I got up in the air, I just started reaching with my arms because my legs weren't on the ground, so I didn't have much uh, stability. So I was just kind of crawling over people. And it was it was crazy because when you see some of the pictures and stuff, it's just 22 people all in one pile, and it's just like – you got one guy that's like crawling over everything but everything underneath like I couldn't even imagine being the people on the the bottom of the pile but they're the ones that started it and got it going and that's I mean my credit goes out to everyone else on the team I just happened to have the ball and you know get over in in the amount that we needed so I mean I I give credit to everyone that was on that as as well as the coaches is great you know Let's just our meant mono e mono basically is what it was, and when it came down to it, we came out on top, and it was a great feeling. It was awesome to get the win, um, but you know we still got a lot of work to do, and we still got to continue to get better. And even in that package, you know we can instead of just holding it to six inches, let's get a couple more yards just so we can seal the deal uh, even quicker. I was going to say why go for it at the six when it was a sneak yeah. and it was for two yards. It looked like a weird play, but you just want to see how they defend it. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a couple. We, we wanted to see how they were going to defend it. We might have gone and done another play after that. I don't really know uh, what the play calling was going to be after that, but I just knew that, you know, when we were huddled at the end on that, you know, when they were reviewing it, I was looking at Coach because we were all huddled up, and I was like, you know, they, they shot at our lineman's knees, and I think I can get over. The first one I got two yards, and I, you know, I didn't even it opened up pretty quick so I know this was towards the end of the game and there was a lot more uh, emotion in it on the defensive side as well for those guys to stop us but um, I think that was definitely like played a factor as we wanted to see what they were going to give us you know what we could do off of it and you know when push comes to shove coach believed in me and the scrum team and we came out and we performed. When you leave your feet at that point how are you uh, trying to push forward because you can't get any leverage from the bottom? So are you just completely dependent on those pushing you forward at that point? Um, to be honest, that's something we've never even practiced. Like that, I've you practiced never- going six feet in the air? Yeah, I don't think that's ever like even <laughs> happened. And, and, you know, it gets pretty hairy during practice because we have more than 11 guys out there. We try and get as many as we can just because it gives us a better look, a harder look. So we sometimes are going up against 20 guys, but we're not like tackling each other. So I've never really 
gone up against, you know, well, my feet are in the air. What do I need to do after that? At that point, it was just like, all right, just play with heart and try and get that first because I know the whole team and everyone in the stands is is depending on me to get that. So, I mean, having those guys behind me, I know Kyrus, there's pictures of him holding onto my legs and everything, and I'm basically on his shoulders, and he's like – pushing me forward and it's it's ridiculous you know you can if you watch the video you can see as soon as those two guys push behind me we we get a big uh push after that and it's nothing you prepare for but you know it's everything you want because when you get those opportunities that's your time to kind of go out there and shine and you know yeah I got it but the whole team uh really got it you know you know it wasn't just me and there's I give credit to everyone that was on that team what did that win mean to this group, having come off of two disappointing losses to Toledo and South Florida? And in comes a top 15 team. You're playing the backup quarterback, the fourth string running back, or sorry, the third string quarterback. Yet this team figured it out, and it felt like the most well-coached, well-prepared game of the season. Yeah, I think we just had a different mindset. We know our team has a lot of talent, and you know our guys are really smart, and we need to be in the. We we know what places we need to be in, and we watch a lot of film, you know, and study the offenses that we go up against, and as well as the, our offense, they study the defense. You know, everyone prepares really well here. I think uh, the big thing was we just came out, we played our game, we didn't, you know. We didn't try and do too much, do too little. We we worked throughout the week, got better each game or each day, I should say, in each practice, and we just kind of focused on our football and what we know how to do. And I think the the games prior where we came off of a loss, you know, we were focusing on you know some of the wrong things. And I think this game, it all came together. We still have a lot of work to do, you know. Like Boise is a good team, but you know that's midway through the season. We still got you know six more games. To, to focus on and you know that's just kind of the beginning I hope it you know jump starts us and continues to push us forward and get better each week but that's all you can really hope for is just put your head down go to work each and every day because you, you haven't arrived you know you never arrived so just got to keep working and uh, doing your part and doing what you can to help the team out. What do you think about Utah State, a team that uh, looked really good, had their worst performance of the year, which is sort of annoying in terms of, wait, are they that team or are they a better team, right? You're going to assume the best. But a 4-3 and three team up in Logan this Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a, you know, it's a rival game. It's going to be a great game. There's going to be a lot of emotion in this game as well. You know, we consider Boise a, a rival game, but Utah State is also an, a rival game. It's a huge one, you know. They came up here last year and they beat us, so we're going to try and go down there and, you know, have a good outcome like we did last week. But, you know, it starts today. It actually started last week because we had a bye week, but, you know, we got to carry into this week with the same mentality we had last week and just keep getting better and preparing and working hard and getting our minds right and our bodies right. And, you know, we'll see what happens on Saturday. But I'm pretty uh, confident in our team and how we're preparing and how we're working. What's the connection or, and relationship like with Gary Anderson? Because if I'm not mistaken, you went to Wisconsin to go with Gary Anderson, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good relationship. I haven't really talked to him much since, but I never really he, – he left right before I even got up there. So he wasn't he, – he recruited me up there, but I never really got to experience him coaching uh, me. But, you know, the relationship's good. I'll probably go see him after the game, say what up, but – other than that, it's just business, you know. That's that's how it is. That's that's what happens in college football. I'm here now. I'm with. I'm happy where I'm at, and I'm pleased to be here. 
And for those that don't know, you had, I think, 15,000 yards in total, or 20,000 yards in high school, 120 touchdowns. How, how did that experience prepare you to be so versatile in all the different roles you've had here at BYU? Um, I think it's definitely prepared me confidence-wise, you know, going in there. I don't really th- – when I was out there, everyone says, oh, there's, there might be a lot of pressure and everything, but I just – when I'm in, in between the gridiron, I'm not really thinking about any of that. It's just like football and I'm completely focused. So I think that definitely helped me because, you know, in high school I did play a lot and I was able to, you know, get that confidence and that, that focus from that. So it carried over in that aspect and it's been awesome to be able to play here and do what I can to help the team out. Well, it prepared you for the quarterback snake, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep, the fourth and one. Exactly. Yep. Well, congratulations on the win. Good luck against Utah State. Little BYU Sports Nation karma. And uh, have fun Saturday in Logan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Austin Confensis, BYU Sports Nation All-Access one-on-one after BYU football practice. What a stud, man. He, just, he does what's asked of him. Yeah, absolutely. The guy was an unbelievable high school player and now is pretty much doing – Anything anything, anything yes. he's asked, he's been able to do a good job at. Coming up, a couple former Cougars play with the Sharks in my rising shout-out. Oh, uh, whoa. And is Zach Wilson ahead of schedule? Could we see him for multiple games? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. A reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you choose to get your podcast. Yeah, the show always on demand anytime, anywhere via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Alongside Jason Shepard, I'm Spencer Linton. Nice to have you with us. We now welcome in Ben Bagley for Buy, Sell, or Hold, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Ben Bagley. Hi, guys. Let's start here. Buy, sell, or hold. Zach Wilson playing in three more games this season. Bonnie Stocking said yesterday he's ahead of schedule. Ooh. Yeah, see, but I don't know what that means. We've never really been given a time frame on Zach, so I'm going to say hold. I, I would say three is pretty aggressive. I, I would say probably more likely is two, but because we don't know what the initial time frame was and where that means if he's ahead, we just don't know. I'll say hold right now. I'm actually buying this, Jason. I, I think that Zach Wilson's going to play against UMass, against San Diego State, and in the bowl game. I, I think he is a vicious competitor, and he wants to get back on the field. I'm, I'm, he's channeling his inner Drew Brees. I am buying this. He's coming back early. Next. You saying he's going to come back after a, a six-game win streak? Claim his claim his spot? He, he's Let's still do the it. guy. Let's he's do still it. the guy. Hey, we like that. Hey, uh, buy, sell, or hold. BYU is the 65th best team in college football spencer as you astutely pointed out that's right in the middle of the pack um yeah i'm I'm buying this right now i think it's a fair designation because byu has been so inconsistent they have two really good wins they have two really bad losses and a whole lot of in between i think that's the perfect spot for byu right now now if they beat utah state then then maybe they're into the top 60 top 55 yeah they're they're the even steve it's the even stevens season where you get you get one good win, one bad. Like it, everything just kind of evens it out. I'm, I'm buying it. Hey, at least it's not in the bottom half, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna be in this, you want to be in the middle or the top. At least it's not in the bottom. I'll take that. Next, buy, seller hold. Taysom Hill finishing his season with seven or more TD receptions. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm selling on this. I think. Teams are starting to understand what Taysom Hill is all about. They'll key on him some more, opening up some other New Orleans Saints. 
He'll have a few more touchdowns. I don't think he's going to have as many as seven, so I'm selling on What do you mean starting to understand? This is what this guy's always done. This isn't news to anybody else. It's it's still news to people that he is now a receiver and has three touchdowns. Yeah, I'm I'm selling it. I I think getting four more will be difficult. I wouldn't put it past him because if anybody can, it would be Drew to taste them, those yeah. guys are those guys are really tight, yeah. and I think they really enjoy that dynamic. But yeah, I, I think getting four more that that may be pushing that's it. That's receiving yard, like, not just to- touchdowns. Total it's touchdowns. Rec- I totally yes. yes, yes, absolutely. But it's just receiving yards. Number four. Receiving TDs. You guys missed on that one. He hasn't played receiver for like three games because they've been <laughs> taking care of him because he's the backup quarterback. Fine, now whatever. he's a receiver. Okay. Easy. Bye, bye, bye. Last one. Buy, sell, or hold. Yoli Childs. As the best player, according to Sports Illustrated, in the WCC. Jason, you go first. Well, we had this conversation last week in terms of can Yoli Childs be the WCC player of the year? And I think absolutely he can. I think right now you're probably looking at Killian Tilly if he's healthy. So, I mean, is it the best player in the WCC right now? I will sell it just simply because I think right now it's it's Tilly. But I absolutely think Yoli can be. Hold. I'm a hold on this because I don't know how healthy Killian Tilly is. I, I, I don't know if he's the same player that he once was. He's got great range. Yoli's trying to work on his defense. So I'm, I'm a hold on this right now. All right, that's Buy, Sell, and Hold. Thank you, Ben Bagley, and thank you, BYU Sports Nation, for joining us for that fun. Our question of the day, how much will the result of Saturday's BYU at Utah State game affect your outlook on the 2019 season? The Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at CL underscore living in on Twitter. A win over the Dairy Hutes is needed to bring a new rivalry taste to the BYU creamery. Oh, we're going to get a new flavor if... I don't know. What, what, what would it be? I, don't, I guess it depends on how the game plays out and yeah, who the hero is. I don't know. Not 100% sure I want to know what that would be. <laughs> the second day in a row, we've <laughs> had a Dairy Utes tweet put in there. Oh, oh goodness. Today's rise and shout-outs. Jason, you go first. Yeah, so uh, Sunday night, uh, watching, I we enjoy a Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. So we're watching Shark Tank, and uh, I happen to recognize two faces uh, pitching an idea. And so Shaq Walker and Jared Ward from former BYU Cougars were on Shark Tank Sunday tonight. They they got a deal with Lori, the queen of QVC. Awesome. Awesome. Sorry, spoiler alert if you hadn't seen the episode yet. <laughs> it works out great. <laughs> I'm giving my rise and shout out to my mom, Jason. Remember when you said I was a whiny kid last week on the air, and I said, Mom, I need you to tweet in and confirm that that is not the case. She tweeted, and she literally wrote it out on a bluebird. Spencer Linton's always been an awesome son. Thanks, Mom. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Conversation <laughs> continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. That actually is very cool. Lord Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Michael Smith, great basketball shooter. Tune in for BYU Football with Kalani Sitaki tonight.